Welcome to Money Conversations with KJ. KJ is a lifelong entrepreneur who's made a lot of money, lost a lot of money, and found his way back again. If you're looking for a sterile how-to, you're in the wrong place. KJ and his guests will walk you through real-life situations told by the people who live them, and they are as messy as they are inspiring. Each episode will offer lessons learned, advice on how to replicate successes and avoid pitfalls, and a new perspective to power your financial literacy. Far from a one-size-fits-all, this podcast can help you build a roadmap to your personal promised land. Milk and honey for some, whiskey and steak for others, and remind you that you're not alone on this journey. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show Money Conversations with KJ. I'm KJ, your host. I've got Lonnie Weissman back in the studio because I wanted to have him come out and, and Lonnie does, uh, well actually he just opened up another LLC for me, but um, I wanted to talk about that today. So stay tuned. Let's, let's talk to Lonnie. All right, Lonnie, welcome back. Good to have you. Hello, Kevin. How are you doing today? Good. So let's talk to the folks. I know we just talked to them a little, you know, in the last video about asset protection, but let's talk to them at the the people that are out there that are running some sort of a business, whether it's online or maybe some sort of brick and mortar type business, because there's so many new online businesses that they set themselves up correctly and don't and don't act as a sole proprietor. Right. They should have some type of corporation. Let's break down the three corporations. C-Corp, S-Corp, and then the LLCs, right? Because some people are out there wondering, well, which one should I have? Right. Yeah, there are three types of business entities, really four types of business entities out there. You've got the LLC, uh, the S-Corporation, C-Corporation, and you've got a limited partnership, which are much less common amongst regular business owners out there. But typically, we'll be discussing the S-Corporation, C-Corporation, and the LLC here. So let's start with the S-Corporation. What individual... Let's go brick and mortar. They got a brick and mortar business. Why would they open an S over a C? Um, Those would be for the smaller business owners that are generally taking all of the money out of the business or taking all of the loss down to their personal income tax return because that is a complete flow through entity um, to where the profits or the losses flow down to the individual's 1040 tax return. Versus, okay, maybe I need a C corporation. Who needs the C corporation? C corporations um, designately, des- I mean, primarily fit the business owner that is a little bit of a larger company and that they have more of a retained earnings um, type of an aspect to it to where they don't need all of the money personally. Because Give me an what, example. Um, let's say if you're making, let's say if you're making a million dollars a year okay. on your company. And you only need a hundred thousand dollars a year to live on. So okay. you're leaving so the other nine hundred in the business. You're leaving the other nine hundred in there to for business growth and development. Maybe fund a retirement plan. Uh, maybe you're using it for capital to make business investments with. Right. Uh, things of that nature. Because what happens is that whenever you take money out of a C corporation to the individual themselves, right. you're going to be taxed at the higher personal tax rate. Right. And the money left back in the C corporation is subject to lower corporate tax rates. Okay. And then the LLCs. Why would I open an LLC versus a, an S corp or a C corp? LLCs are generally designed mainly for um, people that are owning rental property 
um, or if they have a business that has multiple owners or shareholders in the company and the shareholders are otherwise known as members in an LLC. So you have shareholders in a corporation, you have members in an LLC. So I like to use examples. You know, I know today, in today's world, with the internet being what it is, there's a lot of internet entrepreneurs. And I, and I would think most internet op- entrepreneurs are um, just no employees. They just do their business on their own, right? Right. So what would be the best entity if you're an online business owner? Um, just, I, would, I would probably set them up as, a, as an S-corporation. As an S-corporation. Yeah, because usually if they're small small-time online business, they're going to probably be taking all of the profit down to themselves personally as a salary or some other type of um, income strategy there. So therefore, they want to be able to, because of the taxation strategies that surround an S corporation, um, they differ than the C corporation. So what about if you're an online business, but you have multiple partners? Then you would go LLC at that point. I, w- I would probably go LLC there. That's definitely you have what I would do. Partners. Yeah, I would go an LLC at that point, and then I would have each partner end up setting up their own um, corporation to receive their portion of the profits out of the LLC. So, what about there's online businesses that have what's called an affiliate? But I think that would be an affiliate, almost like an employee, but not really an employee, right? Right. They're an affiliate. They sell. They're selling your product. Yeah. On their own dime time. Um, and making money. So that also would still be if you're a, a, a single person, I mean, you could be married. I'm saying you don't have partners or a bunch of employees that you would be the S Corp. That's correct. Okay. All right. Now let's talk to the folks about the importance of where you live and where you open these corporations. Now you and I live in Nevada. And we, you and I both understand the value of opening a corporation in Nevada, but I want to break it down where some people are told multiple things. Don't do Nevada. Do it in your own state. Do it in Delaware. Do it in, um, what's the other state? That's Wyoming. Wyoming's gaining pretty good in the last 10 years. So um, explain, explain to the folks out there the reasons why, if you lived in Florida or Ohio or wherever, that you would want to open your entity in Nevada? Okay, well, first and foremost, what people need to understand is that you as a business owner, regardless of where you live, you have the right to form your business entity in any state that you want to. Does not matter. Okay. So you can choose that state, does not matter. So therefore, if you have the choice of states, why not do it in the best state? So let's give them, and I know every state's different, guys, out there, of opening it up Nevada versus Florida or Ohio, like I was saying, um, the benefit of Nevada versus most of the other states. Not all, but most. Okay. Yep. Uh, The the primary advantages in Nevada is, number one, asset protection, to where Nevada has it in the state statutes and written in those statutes that the owners and shareholders of your Nevada entity cannot be sued personally on behalf of a business lawsuit. Okay, let's stop right there. So let's say, hey, I live in Ohio. My family's been here 100 years, whatever, and uh, I'm opening in Ohio because this is where I live. Why would I open it in Nevada? Now, Ohio's laws, when you open those entities over there, they, they most likely can. You can be sued and have your assets taken. Yes, there are various reasons out there that allow for one to pierce the corporate veil. 
That's a term that all of you need to understand out there is the piercing of the corporate veil. And piercing of the corporate veil happens to where when you have your business entity, wherever that may be set up at, to where you've got, you face a lawsuit on the company. And then in addition to that lawsuit, they decide to go ahead and sue you personally because of that business lawsuit. Right. So now you've just now gotten drug in on a personal level due to a business lawsuit. And I've had friends that ha- that happened to, right? So if you are a Nevada entity, that can't happen. That is correct. The only way that can happen is if you if it is proven that you have intentionally committed fraud. Right. And not telling you to go out there and commit fraud or anything, but fraud is very tough to prove. Right. Um, but you would have to literally be proven that fraud was committed in order for that veil to be pierced. And other states out there, there are matters such as like maybe you, you undercapitalized your corporate bank account. So that's a way to get in. Um, maybe you didn't have the right amount of officers and directors on your company. So now all of a sudden that's a way to get in. Maybe you didn't keep up with your uh, resolutions, amendments, and meeting minutes, which are your formalities of your company. Uh, by not doing that, other states want to pierce the corporate veil because of that. They can get in. And, and again, guys, so piercing the corporate veil, think of it as, hey, there's a curtain here. And on one side of the curtain, everybody sees what's on the front side, and but they can't see what's on the back side. And in Nevada, you can't look back there yes. unless you get you know, the court of law approved for fraud. You can't look back there. And almost all the other states, they just peel the curtain back. They're like, oh, look how many much assets they have over here. Right. And then they go after them. So some of the questions out there are great. I live in Ohio or whatever state. Um, my business is here. How does that work where my entity is structured in Nevada, but my business is in Ohio? What, do, what happens here? You just need to have the the proper registration documents that allow for you to go ahead and take your Nevada company and register them to do register your company to do business in your state of operation. Correct. And I've spoken with I don't know maybe at least a dozen states, people in a dozen different states, and found out that so every state is different in what their fees are. Okay, to do business as so your ABC company registered in Nevada is doing business in Ohio. Ohio says, hey, yeah, you can do business here, Mr. Nevada Corporation, but you have to pay our state. And those fees typically I've seen them anywhere from one hundred dollars a year to like eight, nine hundred dollars a year. Right. But if you got a business that you're making, you know, some pretty decent money at, this is pretty cheap. Yes. uh, Protection. To make sure that no one's going to take your assets. That's right, because you're going to have that company forever for as long as you yeah. decide to stay into business, or if you happen to get rid of your first business and buy a second business. Right. Let's say you sold your construction company, but now all of a sudden you opened up a restaurant. You can utilize that same original corporation that you set up. So setting up in Nevada has huge advantages. Again, this is asset protection, guys. This isn't just because, nope, I live in Ohio. I'm going to open in Ohio. That's the way it is. Well, you're opening yourself up to a possibility of losing a lot of money if you get attacked for whatever reason, right? And people sue people today for the silliest of reasons, right? Yeah, and by you bringing that up, Kevin, I wanted to interject here because you just now hit on a real important point there about as far as people suing people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very litigious society that we live in. Right. And one of the big advantages that Nevada has as well, too, is the privacy component, is to where the owners and shareholders 
of the company are never listed on public record from an ownership standpoint. So that means, and, and the statistics show out there that roughly one in four business owners, that's 25%. Yep. Okay. That's my math is right. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, they are sued just out of the sole purpose because of the fact that they own a business. Because people have this public perception that all business owners are wealthy. Right. Right. Okay. And whether you are or not, that's none of their business, none of nobody else's business, but they generally think that you have very deep pockets. And so they come after you. Well, yeah, what better way to, to uh, kind of enhance your side, but to go after somebody uh, with a litigious lawsuit in nature. And um, and therefore, and let's let's talk about that lawsuit real quick. Let's say that that lawsuit really has no merit at the end of the day. But how much are you going to spend both financially and emotionally fighting that litigious lawsuit? So even if you win it, how much did you lose to end up defending yourself? Right. How much how much time did you take away from your business? So it just made me think that there's a lot of people out there that are what they call silent partners in businesses. Like I'm, I invested, here's money. I don't want to have anything to do with running your company. I invested with you and your company. I'm an investor there. You don't want anybody knowing that. That's right. Right. You want to be a true silent partner. Like, you know, here's, here's my investment to help grow your business, but you don't want anybody to know, Hey, he's partners in this business, that business, the other business. Hey man, that guy's got a couple million bucks out there. Let's go right. get it, right? And so if they go online, right, we can find all kinds of information for free online. And that day, Joe Schmo here has assets in five different businesses. Let's see how we can figure out how to get it. That's right. But if they don't know it, they, they if they can't find it, they're not they're not they're not going to do anything to you. That's right. The more you can stay off the radar, the better. The better. The better. So. That's cool. Well, listen, guys, I hope you got a lot out of that. Which entity to open, depending on what you're doing, how large a company may be, the importance of opening, where to open these entities because of true protection, right? Because a lot of these, we could, it's called asset protection and they'll open these, but you're still open to some sort of a lawsuit out there. So, hey, I'm going to put Lonnie's information, his business, his company to... Uh, on the on the feed here so you guys can reach out to him and he's able to help you set these entities up and show you the, the right structure for yourself so you give a free consultation to pretty much whoever's going to reach out to you absolutely yeah absolutely so i'll put that information down below and and he'll give you all the the feedback on it so listen again if you're on the youtube channel smash that like button and uh, subscribe to my channel if this is the first video that you're listening to and if you're on my podcast subscribe to the podcast always bringing value out here whether if it's just these learning lessons um or we're talking to some people's um journeys with money out there so i hope you all had a good takeaway from it and uh We'll be talking to you guys next week. Take care. Hey, everybody. Hope you enjoyed that episode. I uh, really enjoyed making all these episodes for you. Remember, we're just having uh, conversations with people's journey with money and the things they did right with it, the things they did wrong with it, and uh, how, how did they really come about getting their mindset with money. So uh, every episode's different. We all have a good takeaway from them. So do me a favor. Hit the like button, smash the like button, and subscribe to my channel because every episode that I do is going to be different as all our journeys are different. So you guys take care and uh, we'll talk to you next week.